رادیو رومی Hi everyone. Welcome back to Radio Rumi. This is our 43rd episode and I am delighted to be back once again to speak with you all about the beautiful poetry, insightful thoughts and ideas that Rumi has presented to all of us. I'll do my best to do justice to them. But as I have mentioned before, these are very spontaneous recordings. I do not write them up. I read the poems that I have selected and talk to you about them. And I think there is some good in the spontaneity as well. This is how the culture in which Rumi grew up and wrote, received, absorbed, and understood his art. People would sit in a circle and somebody who was familiar with his work and interested in speaking about it would start a conversation. There would be others for sure in the audience who knew things about it and there would be spontaneous conversations about what these thoughts are about. And in fact, much new thought and new meaning were generated in these spontaneous give-and-takes. Of course, there were specialists and there were classes and there were people who were viewed as commentators on the writings of Rumi who knew a lot more about his life, but there was one level at which everybody participated. I am very much hoping that you would take the ideas from these verses and share among yourselves and generate new meaning from what Rumi has presented to us. And I am delighted to be sharing them with you. Let me say that I am recording in a new location in my house. This means you might hear an occasional car passing. I am really hoping you don't. And have tried hard to set the microphone in a place that you won't. But if you do, please also consider that a part of the the spontaneity of these exchanges. And before I say anything else, I want to say, how are you doing with your efforts to shelter at home? These have not been easy times for multiple health-related and economically fraught situations for all of us. Let us hope that these days pass and we return to freedom from the anxiety and remember some of the lessons that we have learned from these days. I decided to do this episode about fear and anxiety. I thought it would be interesting to see what Rumi says about fear in particular. And believe it or not, I discovered ideas that I had not seen before. Or rather, possibly I had seen them, but I had not noticed them 
and I will be sharing those with you today. But before I do that, I want to refer to one email that I have received from a Radio Rumi listener, Hangame. Hangame asks me about the concept of haq or truth supreme that I usually use interchangeably with the concept of God. And she asks, is this a personal truth or is it some truth outside of us, a kind of God external to our being? It's an excellent question and a very difficult one. Difficult in that it's really both. On one level, of course Rumi believed in a God that existed, encompassing not only us, but the entire universe. But he also believed that we human beings can access that truth only personally. I want to repeat that, that we can access that truth only personally. So in that sense, what we access is personal. But in another sense, it's a connection with that grand, existing, all-encompassing truth or hack outside. Why is that? He tells us time and again, if you stand on the edge of the ocean with your personal jog, no matter how vast the ocean is, you can only take as much as fits into your jar. In that sense, what he's really saying is that our truth will always, always be personal. But you know, as you will see actually in today's episode and in many, many other episodes, I am sure, the interior space of a human being, from his perspective, from Rumi's perspective, is vast. So in that sense, you're not the holder of the jog on the edge of the ocean. You are a drop that can fall into the ocean. And if that happens, you can no longer call yourself I or separate yourself from the ocean. That is why a great Muslim Sufi who lived way before Rumi, known as Mansur Halaj, said, I am God and Al-Haq, I am the truth supreme. And the interpretation of the mystics who followed him was that he was that drop that had fallen into the ocean. And therefore, he could say, I, and he could mean the truth supreme, not he himself, because he didn't exist anymore. Just like a drop fallen into the ocean is not a drop anymore. So, Hangame Aziz, I hope I have not been more confusing and I have answered some of your questions. Let me use this occasion to remind all of you that you can email me. You can write to radiorumi at umd.edu. Again, radiorumi at umd for University of Maryland dot edu. I look forward to hearing from you if you have questions, comments, ideas, or if you have specific topics you're hoping we would discuss and talk about, which I would be very, very happy to 
consider and I will let you know how able I am to speak about it and certainly will if I can. Okay, now back to the concept of fear and anxiety caused in human life by many, many different things. Fear of failure, fear of losing a loved one, fear of old age, fear of illness, and all kinds of things. Rumi kept talking about how you should not fear. And my thought always was, okay, it's easy. It's good for you to say, do not fear. But what is your answer for it? How are you going to help us? And it was a lovely discovery when I did this episode. And I realized that when he speaks about fear, the opposite of it is not courage. The opposite of fear for him is love. That is truly amazing. It shocked me at first. But then I read more and more. And I think I have a perception of what he means by that love. Because love could be as abstract and difficult to understand itself. So first, let's talk about why fear is bad. Look at the thirsty person who has fallen asleep on the edge of a running stream. He or she is thirsty, wants water. It's on the edge of the stream, filled with clear water. But what's happened? He's fallen asleep. It's like a poor person who's sitting on a treasure, but not realizing that he is very worried. Portab is full of anxiety. And then he gives another example. If our eyes were not closed, if we were not blindfolded, who would look for a candle? The sun is rising and even the moonlight is disappearing. So what do you need a candle for? What is the blindfold? Tars, fear. The blindfolded person, the fearful person who's blindfolded with fear is afraid that is not going to be able to see the moon. So he's looking for a candle to see the moon because the heart of that simple person, person who doesn't know, is so full of fear that the heart is moving around in the chest. Simov is mercury. It doesn't stay constant. It's not solid. So the heart of this fearful person who is wearing a blindfold and therefore is not seeing the moon and is looking for a candle is like mercury with anxiety, with fear. Now, here is the verse that I saw and started to see that for him, the opposite of fear is love. And then I'm going to give you another description of what he means by that love. 
Here's the verse. چو بر می آیدین آتش فقان میخی زد از عالم امانم ده امانم ده که بگدازم همین ساعت. The fire, the fire of love, the flames starts blazing and your encounter with it at first is very frightening. The whole world is saying امانم ده امانم ده که بگدازم همین ساعت. Rescue me, save me because I am going to melt in this fire. In the candidness of love which shows you, tells you, displays for you your feeling in a bare, clear, sometimes hurting, strong feeling, not sugar-coated. And then listen to this one. Johan as tars mi darrat, but John as ishq mi parrat. Now the world fears this blaze. What happens? The fear makes the world to fall apart, to be torn to pieces. And please keep this in mind, this falling to pieces that is caused by fear. Because it's an important point. The world falls apart with this fear. John as ish mi parat, the human soul, takes wings from it. Haven't you noticed sometimes when one is in love with someone, something, you really feel you may be able to fly? That kind of lightness, that's what he's talking about. But John as ishq mi parrat ke morgan ra be rashgaram ze parvazam hamin sawat. And the human soul takes wing and says, I am going to make birds jealous of how high I can fly. So this verse of Tars and Ishq, placed as the opposites of each other, really gave me, I had always thought, fear, courage, learn not to be afraid. But he's giving me a new tool. But of course, the tool itself, being love, is as complex and as difficult to interpret as we can imagine. And I'm going to try and until for the rest of the, the of this episode tackle that question but let me read the this these two lines one more time they're just amazing with the energy that they have in them cho barmi aw yadin aw tash faqan mihi zad az awlam amanam deh amanam deh ke bogdazam hamin saat jahan az tars mi darrat و جان از عشق می پرد که مرغان را به رشگارم ز پروازم همین ساعت. So the fire rises, takes over, the world falls apart in fear, but the human soul rises, takes wing and flies and says, I'm going to make birds jealous of myself. So what is this love? I remember when I first started these podcasts, a very good friend said, you're very courageous to speak of love in a world that is so divided by hatred. Of course, he had a great point, but that's exactly why speaking of love is absolutely necessary. But I think the difficulty is that you might say, 
What is this love? Is it my love for everybody who's around me? Even somebody who wants to harm me? Is it my love for nature? Is it my love for God? You know, all we can do is to try and find examples where Rumi tries to interpret this. According to a story, which I'm going to tell you from the Masnavi, and I would have interpreted it totally differently if I had not put love and fear as the opposites of each other. I tell you that what Rumi means by love is being able to clean and clear our inner slate step by step, slowly, gradually, throughout our lives from all that stops us from seeing goodness and beauty and love and be a part of a better and a kinder world. All we can do, and of course this is a tall order too, but it's at least something he is explaining to us, is to spend that time cleaning and clearing your own house, decluttering your house, if you like, from whatever is holding you back from embracing life. Here's the story. He uses two groups of people. A group are the Chinese, and the other group are the Greek, Chinyan and Rumian. Now, he uses um, the group Chinyan because the Chinese have a great reputation in Iranian history for being almost magical with their art of painting. Suratgare Nakosh Chin, the Chinese painter who paints portraits that are almost filled with life because they are so beautiful and lifelike, that's something that is in Persian culture up to this day. So there is a group of Chinese and a group of Greek. They both are challenged by the king to produce some kind of a image that would teach him something and would be meaningful and also beautiful. Chinian goftan ma naqashtar, rumian goftan ma the Chinese said, we are better painters. And the Greeks said, we have all the glory in the world. We have history, we have philosophy, we have... Of course, the Chinese had that too, but here's what Rumi uses. Goft Sultan imtahan khawham darin kashumaha kis dar davi guzin. The king said, I want to test you guys. Who among you is the best will become clear in that test. اهل چین و روم چون حاضر شدند رومیان در علم واقفتر بودند. Now these two group came, the Chinese and the Greek, and, and the Greek seemed to know things better, have more awareness. در علم واقفتر بودند. Had more awareness. چینیان گفتند یک خانه به ما خاص بسپارید و یک آن شما. بود دو خانه مقابل در به در زان یکی چینی ستد رومی دگر The Chinese said give us one room in a house and one for you the Greeks and the king gave them a house in which there was a large room 
that they divided into two with a curtain. چینیان صد رنگ از شهخواستند پس خزینه باز کردان ارجمند The Chinese asked for a hundred different colors and the king opened its treasury and gave them everything they wanted هر سباهی از خزینه رنگ ها چینیان را راتبه بود از عطا Every morning the treasury was open and the Chinese came and picked the colors they wanted. رومیان گفتند نه نقش و نه رنگ در خرایت کار را جز دفع زنگ در فرو بستند و سیقل می زدند همچو گردون ساده و صافی شدند. The Greeks said we want no patterns, we want no colors. Here we just need some cleaning material. Then they closed the door, the curtain between the two rooms, and started polishing the walls and making them clean and clear and reflective of everything. Now Rumi uses at this moment, now the story is not ended yet, but he uses this moment to give two lines where he compares dosad rangi, with بیرنگی از دو صد رنگی به بیرنگی رهی است دو صد رنگی is having 200 colors and بیرنگی is having no colors whatsoever از دو صد رنگی به بیرنگی رهی است رنگ چون ابر است و بیرنگی مهی است هر چه اندر ابر زوبینی و تاب on From having 200 colors, there is a way to colorlessness. Color is like the clouds. Colorlessness is like the moon. Whatever you see as patterns in the clouds or lights in the clouds, that comes from the stars, the moon, or the sun. In other words, the clouds themselves do not have those patterns. Now, we're getting close to the end of the story. Chinyan chun az amal fawriq shudand az peyishawdi duhul hao When the Chinese finished their painting of the room, they were so happy. They were playing loud music. They were playing their drums. Shah darahumad دید آنجا نقش ها می رو بودن عقل را و فهم را. The king came and saw those beautiful paintings, those patterns, those colors. They were so magical. They almost stole your thoughts, your mind. You just got immersed in that much color and pattern. Then he came to the Greeks. بعد از آن آمد به سوی رومیان پرده را بالا کشیدند از میان then he came to the greeks basically saying what what have you guys been up to look what they have done بعد از آن آمد به سوی رومیان پرده را بالا کشیدند از میان he came to the greeks and what did the greeks do they pulled the curtain up 
عکس آن تصویر و آن کردارها زد بر این صافی شده دیوارها The image of all those colors and patterns that they had created their actions they had used action to create کردارها زد بر این صافی شده دیوارها all of them got reflected in the cleaned up mirror-like walls that the Greek had prepared. هرچه آنجا دید اینجا بهنمود دیده را از دید خانه بود. Whatever he had seen in the other room was now doubled. It just looked endless. رومیان آن صوفیانند ای پدر. So now Rumi tells us who the Rumis are. Are those mystics? رومیان آن سوفیانند ای پدر بیز تکرار و کتاب و بیهنر لیک سیغل کردند آن سینه ها پاک از آز و هرس و بخل و کینه ها The Greek are the mystics, my dear Without memorizing, without repeating Without trying to learn tricks Without even depending on books, though he's not against reading books, please let me say that one more time, because he read a lot of books himself, but he did not depend on them, nor did the mystics he's talking about here depend on them. They learn, they read, but what they do? That they have cleaned their inner worlds, their bosoms, their chests, their hearts. What have they cleaned them from? Azo, herso, bochlo, kinha. They've cleaned them from greed and wanting more and holding grudges and being envious and being angry and have animosity. against other people on safaye ayene wasf dil ast surat bimontaha ra qabil ast now that polished nature of the mirror is the quality of your heart at that point what is it capable of surat bimontaha the endless limitless images in the world And then he gives an example. Moses, as somebody who had such a mirror-like heart, because in the Persian tradition, one of the miracles that Moses was supposed to have performed is that he held up his hand and the moon rose from the palm of his hands, or rather, the palm of his hands was shining like a moon. The phrase for it is Yade Beza, the white hand of Moses. Surate bi, surate bi had the gabe, Zoyane deltoft bar Musa zajabe. That Moses could have that bright, glowing hand was a reflection of the polished heart that he held inside. That light shone on his hand from his heart. And why is this 
صورت بی صورت بی حد غیب this formless form of endless beauty in the غیب in the unseen can reflect in the human heart because the human heart is without limits it can contain the world or rather multiple worlds as often Rumi talks about and here he says گرچان صورت نگنجد در فلک نه به عرش و فرش و دریا و سمک زان که معدود است و محدود است آن آینه دل را نباشد حد بدان Although those beauties don't fit in the heavens because the heavens even the throne of God the seas, the oceans they all have limits but not the human heart. آینه دل را نباشد حد بدان. عکس هر نقشی نتابت تا ابد جز دل هم با عدد هم بی عدد تا ابد هر نقش نو کاید برو می نماید بی هجابی اندرو اهل سیغل رسته اند از بوی و رنگ هر دمی بینند خوبی بیدرنگ Those with clear hearts see every beautiful image which is like what the Chinese created. So what the Chinese created was not worthless either. It was a reflection of the beauty of the world. But it was the polished nature of the heart of the Greek that was able to entail it. Now, please also know that the use of Chinese and Greek are just examples. It's not pitting one against the other or considering one above the other. Raft fikr o roshana i yaftand Nahr o bahre aushana i yaftand Marg kin jumle azu dar vahshatand so these people, these clean-hearted ones, these mirror-hearted ones, they let the anxiety, fikr, worries about things. Of course, fikr also means thinking, but in this case he means anxiety. That all left, and they found light because they discovered the sea of Oshanai. Oshanai is belonging. Oshanai is not being a stranger. Imagine how wordless it is and yet how good it feels to belong. Even, even death, Rumi says, that everybody fears, these people laugh at it. Kas bad bar dil ishan zafar, bar sadaf ayat zarar, nay bar guhar. Nobody has victory over these mirror-hearted ones. They are not the shell that holds the pearl. The shell can break, but the pearl is the priceless, the absolute goal of the search. And let me just end this episode with a recommendation that Rumi has for starting to shed fear before we have all obtained the clarity of the heart that we need for it, and that is dancing. It was not for no reason that he and his followers whirled. 
کابد ماز خواب کاهل و مشغول خواست آنکه به رقص آورد کاهل ما را کجاست Our bodies awaken from sleep lazy and lethargic Who can come and make us dance? جنبش خلقان ز عشق So here's what makes you dance Love جنبش خلقان ز عشق جنبش عشق از ازل رقص هوا از فلک رقص درخت از هوا People move with love dance with love and love is from pre-eternity The air has been dancing forever The air has been dancing forever but the trees are brought to dance with the air دل شد از عشق گرم رفت ز دل ترس و شرم شد نفسش آتشین عشق یکی اشتهاست Here's the line the verse that contains all of what we have been trying to say in this episode When the human heart is warmed up with love, it loses fear. It loses anxiety, timidness. The breath of love is fiery. Love is a dragon. Del chushodaz ish garm, raft zedil tarsusharm, shut nafasash autashin, ish yiki let me leave you with this amazing verse and with the fiery breath of love and with the thought of the heart as polished as a mirror that reflects the beauty and the goodness around us. Wishing you all good health, happy and love-filled hearts and looking forward to talking with you very soon again. Goodbye.